Welcome to the Neon Noise Podcast, your home for learning ways to attract more traffic to your website, generate more leads, convert more leads into customers, and build stronger relationships with your customers. And now, your hosts, Justin Johnson and Ken Franzen. Hey, 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 Neon Noise Nation. Welcome to the Neon Noise Podcast, where we decode marketing and sales topics to help you grow your business. This is Justin, and with me, I have my co-host, Ken. Ken, I hope all is well for you today. How is everything going? It is going awesome. How about yourself, Justin? It's going great. It's going great. I'm very excited to chat with our featured guest today. She has a very, very interesting story, and she is sassy. Gundy Gabriel is a former Carnegie Hall conductor and concert organist turned best-selling travel writer and internet entrepreneur. She decided three years ago to make a bold change in her life, packed up a few belongings, and drove all the way from Santa Monica, California to Alaska. She has since traveled to more than 67 countries on five continents while running several online companies. Gundy runs a travel lifestyle blog called SassyZenGirl.com and enjoys writing travel and internet marketing books. Gundy, it's great having you on today. Welcome to Neon Noise. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. So it sounds like uh, you don't have plans of slowing down anytime soon. Why don't you take a minute and fill in the blanks on anything I may have missed? Uh, you were pretty good, actually. Um, yes, three years ago, I should add that I drove to Alaska in the summer. I think that's an important detail. <laughs> we'll go there in the winter. Um, and yeah, a few years ago, I just needed a change. Uh, music life was good, but it was also a little stifling. I wanted to do something else. And then while I was on the road, of course, I needed to generate an income. And so started looking into location independent income options and uh, learned all about internet marketing and uh, eventually got into publishing and affiliate marketing, which are my main income streams and the travel blog. So it all nice. sort of happened on the road on a need to basis very very cool interesting story i was out in santa monica back in the fall first time i was ever there and gorgeous beautiful beautiful and I, i'm sure that all the places you've traveled are equally i've I looked at your uh your blog and your facebook profile and seen some of the beautiful pictures from all over the place that you've been but i i just look back and my wife and I looked at each other when we were in Santa Monica saying, this is like a little slice of heaven on earth. It, so yes. <laughs> gorgeous. <laughs> well, unreal. To go back there at some point. Sure. Absolutely. No, I, I do still feel very much at home there, Southern California and Santa Monica in particular. I live right on the beach where uh, Baywatch is the Baywatch headquarters. They're really there. <laughs> no, right. Yes. Where the, where the pier is. And um, no, I love I love the lifestyle, but no, I can't always return. But it was still just nice need to find a good place to house sit, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> that too. <laughs> that too. So you've written an impressive seven number one Amazon bestsellers. What uh, made you decide that you wanted to begin writing books? Well, it, first of all, I was a, a travel blogger, so writing was already part of what I was doing, and I saw people uh, also writing books, so that was kind of a natural thought. Um, at the same time, I learned more about internet marketing, uh, and I heard of people writing number one Amazon bestsellers. That came up a few times uh, during that period, and I was part of a digital nomad uh, online community, and they once had a webinar on how to publish books on Amazon, and it was run by 
uh, a woman who had written several number one Amazon bestsellers. And so that became sort of a bucket list item for me. I wanted to have a number one Amazon bestseller. It's really as simple as that. <laughs> it was sort of the challenge that sure. I liked. Um, and she had a webinar. I listened to it. I listened to it a few times. Applied everything she said. There's a certain strategy to that in the research and the marketing uh, in how you launch a book. Um, and four weeks later, I had my first number one Amazon bestseller, which was a very, very cool experience. I can highly recommend that. Um, and then I kept just going with it. Plus, I enjoyed the writing. Uh, but that's simply how it started, more by coincidence and by, you know, having a little challenge with myself that I just wanted to do that at least once in my life. You said it only takes four weeks. How, how does that process work? Well, first of all, Kindle books, um, and we're talking Kindle mostly here, are not mm. that long. Uh, they're not like a big full-length book. Uh, you can write one with 10,000 words, and that's perfectly fine. Most uh, Kindle books are not longer than 24,000 words uh, because I found when I read books that are longer than that, it gets a little tedious. It's different from holding a book in your hand. And the other part is my first book was about how to start a blog, which is something I knew inside out. I didn't have to do any research. I could simply write it down. And when you can do that, then you can really do that in a week. It doesn't take you all that yeah. long, right? And then, of course, you have another week of uh, rewrites. I had a few test readers uh, review it. And in the meantime, you get the cover done. You do set the marketing up and, and all that stuff. And initially... Very important is the, the market research, finding a topic that people actually want to buy. And then mm. keyword research, a lot of stuff that you also do in every other kind of uh, marketing. And I had a good plan through that webinar, step by step on what you do when. And I followed it to the letter. And so it wasn't as hard as it sounds. So if you know the topic well, you can easily write a book, kind of book in a week. It's not that complicated. You don't even have to be that experienced of a writer. Or you can even outsource it if you want to. That A lot of people do that too. If you have a topic and you outsource uh, on, on Elans or <clears throat> not Upworks now um, and have someone write it and then you adjust it, although I prefer to write myself, but um, that's another way to do it. But it's not as complicated. It's not writing the big American novel, which would take a few months probably or longer. <laughs> um, I don't do fiction, but there are plenty of people who make a lot of money with fiction too. It's actually more money than nonfiction. Uh, but if you pick a topic that's popular... Um, either learn about it or already know about it it's not that hard to write a book in a week really and then it's just the rest of the marketing what did you do to market that first bestseller um it's it's a certain launch strategy uh you need uh reviewers first of all that's always important on amazon so you find people can't be your friends close friends or family but other people you know on facebook or whoever and you ask them mm -hmm. can i send you a free copy and and, and you will review the book on launch day that's important and then there's a couple of uh, promo services you can use and um that really get the word out because you may not know anyone in the beginning and sure. while amazon is the biggest store you still need to be noticed uh, so I set that up there, certain few options on how you can do that. You run a few free promos and then maybe 99 cent promos. There's a bunch of services to do that really well. And you just put it up there. You pay not much money, really. It's not that expensive. And they send your book to their huge audience, which is often hundreds of thousands of people. And that will give you a lot of initial downloads. Uh, and that gets the algorithm, the Amazon algorithm, which is similar to Google's algorithm, 
going and then Google, uh, Amazon also promotes your book and there is another feature called hot new releases so in the first 30 days Amazon gives you extra attention especially if you have a lot of downloads that's why you need the promos in the beginning and of course everyone you know should download your book <laughs> that goes without saying or you do podcasts right. and uh, <laughs> you do podcasts or you uh, guest Go blogging down. all the typical marketing techniques that you would do on any product launch it's it's typical to that but for kindle there is there are specific promo services uh, that have a large readership it's usually email or sometimes twitter and uh, they promote your book to their audience and if it's a topic that people are interested in that's why the market research is important you will normally get a large amount of downloads just in the first two days alone and that kicks off the Algorithm, which then helps you, does the work for you to a large degree. And good keyword research, which is another important part. Right. Very interesting. Where do you feel that most that write a book or plan on writing a book, have written a book, where do you, feel, where do you see that they fail most often in that process? Um, well, first of all, I think the market research. Um, if you write about a topic that, maybe three people want to read about, you will not sell a lot of books. It's just the way it is. Um, so it's kind of like keyword research in Google. You want uh, good interest with search volume, and yet you don't want it to be too competitive. Like the self-help niche is super competitive. And if you, so you go to the bestseller list, for instance, and you uh, put in, you go through the different categories, and you can see by the sales rank how much books are selling. If you see a lot of famous authors in the top 10, then you will probably have a very hard time competing against that. You might still rank in the first few weeks with your promos, but after that, it's almost impossible to compete with that um, you know, marketing power they have from the big publishing houses. But there are plenty of fields where you have good search volume and where, where there is an interest, and yet there's maybe one or two of those, or not even that many, and you have a very good chance of ranking in the top 10, or even higher than that, or even number one. And so that's the first key part. The second, tied in with that keyword research. And there are softwares that are specific to Kindle or to Amazon that help with that. That make it actually very quick. It's not that complicated. And the third part, very importantly, that people often skip on, that you should never skip on in a, in a Kindle book, is the cover. You should never get a Fiverr gig. You should never design your own cover. That needs to look professional. And it should be done by a designer who is experienced specifically in ebooks and Kindle because it needs to stand out in a small thumbnail. The title needs to be legible. Um, it needs to look professional. It just needs to be inviting for enough for people to click on it. And then the next step is the description and, and all the other stuff. But I think a lot of people think, oh, I'm just going to skip on the cover. And that's the worst thing you can do. Uh, in fact, people have later sometimes changed the cover. You can always do that on, on Amazon. You can also change the title later. The title is another very important part, just like with blogging or any other part. Title is a huge deal. Um, and having keywords in the title. But uh, once they change the cover, their sales dramatically increased. That's how powerful the cover is. So that's another one not to Interesting. skip on. Stay away from Fiverr. Well, I for a lot of things. I use Fiverr all the time. Just, <laughs> just not sure. No, no, no. Um, or, or don't do it yourself. There's these uh, cover creators. Even Amazon has one, and it's tempting. Or Canva has has that. I just wouldn't do it if you want to make money of a book. You know, that's gotcha. Uh, Good points. Yeah. Now, how how has becoming a number one Amazon bestseller benefited? 
you and your business. Uh, you enjoyed writing, so it was it seemed natural. You 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 attended a webinar, uh, online webinar, learned all of the the training needed, uh, the the steps required. But what impact is as as these seven number one Amazon bestsellers had on your business? Oh, it's been enormous. Uh, I would call it actually the most powerful marketing tool on the internet and that most people don't know about. That's why we talked before this, before this podcast about it too. Um, first of all, you get enormous authority as a published author, certainly as a best-selling author, which isn't that hard to do on Amazon if you do it right. That's important to mention here. Number one best-selling is a little bit more difficult, but having being a best-selling author is not that hard to do if you do it right. And of course, that gives you a lot of credibility. Uh, secondly, you have the largest store in the world advertising you as an as an expert in your field so you get thousands of people seeing your book that drives potentially clients customers to you who already know you from reading the book who will trust you so they're basically warm prospects it's a great way to build a mailing list because you can always have a little freebie in the front like a free ebook or free free uh, um, checklist or something like that and people will sign up. That's a big list builder for me. And it's on autopilot. But Amazon actually pays me for that, if you think about it. It's quite amazing. Uh, it's also great for affiliate sales. Like in the blogging book, you recommend certain things. Of course, hosting services and all that stuff. Those are affiliate products. You're allowed to do that. You just cannot use Amazon affiliate products. That's strictly forbidden. But everything else you can use. And just like you have a guide to how to start a blog on your website, most everyone has that, um, you can do that in the book too, except that you have a lot more people reading the book usually than a new blog. Uh, so it's great for affiliate sales. A large part of my affiliate income comes from my book. Uh, what else? We had that. Uh, I think that's mostly what it is. I found it much faster than even SEO or social media because it's instant. As soon as you publish and if you do the promos right, you can have thousands of people downloading a book that's hmm. huge that's enormous that's amazing because it's it's definitely a marketing mm. uh, approach that is very unique very different and as you made mention not uh, not many are doing or, or thinking of it so, i think most people would think that it's just such a daunting task to write a book and you know there's just so much more involved in it yeah, it, yeah. It, it, basically it, what you're it, saying it, is completely the opposite yeah, it, it, like i said it's not a big <laughs> novel it's not a huge like lonely planet type travel guide i do travel guides too i do the, the quick guide version of that um but it, it's actually not just look at it more as a large blog post and in fact, you can use, if you already wrote a couple of blog posts on a certain topic, you can use them in the book and just make it into, you know, a full version of that. Oh, and here's another important part. To make long-term income on Amazon, you want to create a series around a topic. So you don't want to put all that information in one book. Like I started with a blogging book just because I had that little challenge going and that was something that was a good topic and I could easily write about it. And then it turned into a whole beginner internet marketing series. So uh, my first welcome email always includes the question, um, what do you struggle with the most? And I got a lot of responses from people who had used the book, started the blog, and then had certain problems. So I turned that into the second book. We started a blog, now what? Um, all the books have no clue, like a dummy version. Um, and then the third one was a beginner's guide to SEO, specifically aimed at people who have absolutely no clue 
like don't even know what SEO means. I was there at some point and I found the beginner guides incredibly tedious back then. So that's where that ties in. And then social media. And I added uh, Kindle as the fifth because I found that to be such a powerful marketing tool. Uh, so I turned it into a series and one book helps sell all the other books. That's uh, that's a very important factor in, in Kindle publishing too. So if you think about it, like, writing a blogging guide that's not that complicated lots of people do that just as a as a blog post so think of it as that just write a bigger blog post or take a bunch of your blog posts and put them in a book it's not that complicated really it, you know it, it, Ken, we've got a lot, lot of blog posts that we can turn into a book yeah you can then turn them into series <laughs> <laughs> but i mean most people do it's not as complicated as i said like i said you don't have to write eighty thousand words in this enormous book uh, nonfiction is usually how-to guides, and you have most people yeah. write them on their blog anyway, and you just do it a little bit more extensively, like an ultimate guide type of thing. And, um, and it's not really that hard. It's a major blog post. Some blog posts are ten thousand words, if you think about it. Sure. So look at it more in that way, and also the way I write these books are really more in a blogging style and a more in a conversational style. Uh, not like this boring kind of like line after line after line, but more asking questions, addressing the reader, just like Make yeah, it yeah, just like read, you right? would write uh, a blog post. I write my books exact, almost exactly like a blog post because it's more entertaining. It's more, it's easier to read rather than having to struggle mm-hmm. <laughs> through it. Um, so just use whatever approach you have for your blogging and just make it a little bit longer. Really, is all that it is. Now you mentioned earlier, but but I, I'm, I'm kind of want to restate this. What do you, what would you say is the average length of, of one of your books or uh, a nonfiction book? From what I've, uh, but people always quote as a number seems to be like twenty four, twenty five thousand words, which isn't that much. That's a two hour read. Um, the last two books in okay. my series, I think, are in that range: the social media and the Kindle book. The first three books are around, I think, twelve thousand words. So not, they're more like a booklet, really. But they count on, on Kindle, sure. they count as a full book. And in print, um, I also always do the print version with it, which is very easy. Um, I think there are around 100 pages, and the others are around 180 or 200 pages, depending on you know how you print it, of course. Um, so it's not that long. 12,000 words. You know, People have free ebooks on their website, so they give us a freebie, and they sometimes have that many words. So... You might as well sell it. <laughs> yeah. Sure. So is there, is there a certain number of, do you have to have like a certain number of downloads or? No. And, you know, uh, the majority of people don't sell many books or never make more than a hundred bucks in the book's lifetime just because they don't do any launch or marketing. They just put it out there and hope someone will find sure. it. But no, they, it doesn't matter. But ideally you want, of course, a lot of downloads and that's where the promos come in, promo services. Very interesting. What's what's the formula or what's the magic equation that gets you to become a bestseller? Is there a certain selling threshold that you you meet on Amazon? Is there a dollar figure? Is there a a judging <laughs> panel located somewhere that Bezos heads up that uh, Simon calls at the yeah. end as well? Ding, 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 ding. Judges your yeah, cover. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Killer cover. Um, no, it's actually, this is the cool part why it is uh, relatively easy if you know your way around the, the algorithm. 
um, you, you'll become a bestseller in a subcategory. That's the same, by the way, also on any other platform, New York Times or wherever. You're not the entire store, but you're like, let's say, um, uh, self-help and then there's sub-niches in self-help. If you go to Amazon to bestseller list, you see all these different subgroups. There's journaling, there's creativity, and then you niche it down even further. So you can be in the furthest down sub-niche. And if you are, I think Amazon officially says the first hundred in that, then you're a bestseller. And that's really not hard to do. I mean, you have to try really hard not to get in there if you, you know, apply the principles I have been talking about. Number one is a little mm -hmm. bit more effort, but, you know, even that is not hard to do. That's where it's keyword research is category research. So find categories that sell, but that are not too competitive, where you're not um, competing with the absolute big guns, like Tony Robbins in whatever field he is in. You don't want to necessarily be in that top category. You want to be in a sub, sub, sub category. And then you are a bestseller in that, which still not everybody does. To me, okay. personally, I think you're a so, bestseller when you're in the top 10 or maybe at least the top 20 because top 100 is like, yeah. <laughs> if you pick the right category, top 100 you might not even have 100 books in there. Is, is, right. You know. <laughs> right, gotcha. So, I mean, just to keep it real, I would say, personally, I say top 10. But I think according to Amazon, it's really the top 100 in each category. Um so it's it's finding good categories to to rank in that hack. So I could be a bestseller tomorrow if I wanted to. I just have to find one with with no one in it. Yeah, technically you could. Yeah, but then you will. Also, <laughs> the thing is, you would not sell any books either, or not many. Because <laughs> it's it's again that mix, just like with keywords. Um, you want a good sales volume in that category, uh, and you can you can tell by the sales rank of each book. You can sort of guess how much they approximately selling uh and you want to like for instance you want to say the top 10 books should mostly stay under 30k or at least 50k hmm. if, if they're all of, over 100k don't go into that category because the books are not selling basically but they make uh, two books yeah. a month or something like that um so it's a mix of that um, but you have uh initially two categories that you can add up to 10 by amazon or they changed that i think recently um, so it's, it's just a strategy really, and knowing how to do that. But it, once when you do it, um, it's very, very effective. And then the Amazon algorithm helps you and carries your book if it does well and get reviews and all that. So it feels if it's, a, it's just, it's just like Google. If it feels, if Amazon feels your book is of value to their readers for the keyword you're ranking for, they will push your book. The other day, I happened to, I don't know why, but I got an email from Amazon UK, I guess because I was just there and I had ordered something in the UK, so they sent me that thing, with suggested books. And it happened to be Indonesia travel um, and Bali. And to my great surprise, my Bali book was actually the first one they mentioned, Above Lonely Planet, uh, because it's been selling very well, especially on print. And I think it was print books, not Kindle in this case. So... That is the Amazon algorithm helping an indie author because it, they have gotten, gotten good responses, it has good reviews, it sells a lot, so Amazon will then kick in and support your book because they make money off it. Yeah. Interesting. And you cover, you cover the step-by-step -step process from, from start to finish in, in your book, uh, Kindle Bestseller Publishing. Yes. Which I, I found amazing because... As you dive into the choice 
of the topic, it, 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 it just, there's so much importance. And we talk a lot about planning <laughs> the content you create in our, in our podcasts, how important that is, uh, just with uh, even a blog post, choosing a, a, a title, a mm-hmm. topic and a title, one that's going to get some traction and two that is going to have, uh, some keywords in there that's going to put you in front of the eyeballs. That's going to uh, give you that traction. Um, but going through the step-by-step, you lay it out and make it sound so easy. And so you, you made reference of Amazon promoting yeah. a, a, a book that's doing well. Can you elaborate a little bit more on, on how and why and well, where they Amazon do that? Wants to make money. That's the whole purpose of that store. So if they see products that the people love, that they keep buying, that do get good reviews and all of that. And this applies not just to books, but to any product on Amazon. Anyone who does Amazon affiliate marketing will know that. Um, They have an interest in promoting that book. Because like Google wants to give their readers the most suited site for whatever keyword you put in. And Amazon wants to do the same thing. People put in keywords when they search for something. So Amazon tries to give the most relevant book, the most liked book by audiences, to to their readers, because then they will make more money. If the book is um, relevant to that keyword, if people like it, they might recommend it to other people, more people will buy it, and so Amazon makes more money. That's their whole point. So if you do something, that's why, again, market research is also important, that people want to read. It's a well-written book. It has good reviews. Everybody gets one-star reviews. That's not a big deal, and it's not something to ever take personal, by the way. It's, It's some angry people out there. But overwhelmingly, it should have good reviews, um, you know, and, and lots of sales and downloads that tells Amazon this is a book that works well for this keyword. So we will push it more, kind of like Google, very similar in that thinking, except that uh, um, Amazon makes money every time they sell a book. Sure. So that's more, their algorithm is more set up for reviews, sales, and whatnot, and you're seeing those books up near the top yes. more. Yes. Um, and that's even by, even as an indie author, you can absolutely compete with big time authors. It's not impossible at all. And the better a book is doing, the more the Amazon, the algorithm will support it. That's called writing the, the algorithm. <laughs> when you get there and you set up a launch really well, it carries beyond just the first 30 days. In the first 30 days, I, I mentioned as the, yeah. the, that feature hot new releases that I'm sure you have seen on the right when you, purchase something on Amazon, it always shows up when you look. Uh, And that's new releases that are doing well. Um, So Amazon pushes you there. And then past the 30 days, if you set it up before, and if it's a gradual increase, if it's not just a promo where you have a sudden spike suddenly, and then it goes back to like two copies a day or something, that's not helpful. But if you have a gradual increase and it keeps selling, it keeps doing well, then the algorithm will pick up on that easily and keep promoting it. And it's a combination of uh, reviews, sales, uh, popular. I'm, I'm mm. talking about it in the book more. There's a number of factors that go into it. But it's, it's fascinating to know because when you think about writing a book, you think about writing a book and you never think about it as a marketing tool and, and the marketing algorithm that's actually supporting you. And you have the biggest store in the world marketing your business, basically. That's pretty amazing. What was that book? Yeah. What was the title of that book? Uh, my book? Yeah, Kindle yeah. Bestseller Publishing. Step-by-step. Step Write a bestseller in okay. 30 days. 
But you know, there's also, I, I did it uh, after following that webinar and just applied the steps, but some people need a little bit more handholding or just want accountability or they want a one-on-one -on -one partner. And at the end of the book, there is a course that does that. And they actually guarantee a number one bestseller, which is pretty amazing. But again, it, they know how this works and they know how to do it. And then they really guide you. They help you with the writing. They help you with the keywords. So, you know, if that's something that's really, really daunting, uh, that course is at the end uh, of the book and you can just do that if that feels more comfortable and people do it and it's an excellent course it's the best that's out there right now this was actually a 22 year old kid he dropped out of high school and he with his brother i think he wrote a book uh on vacation and he was already very good in marketing obviously <laughs> it doesn't just happen by coincidence and it was about productivity i believe and right. he beat out the bible on productivity i think it's a guy named robert allen or something like that and he from the beginning beat of that book as a complete newbie so that's how powerful it is if you know how to do this right Robert no no Allen. no this was the famous guy i don't know if uh, chandler bold yeah. is the is the kid but yeah. that's the course and he then later created a course and turned it into a seven million business seven figure business but that's gotcha. the whole marketing that he also does um yeah but it's under it's it's really all about marketing it was very similar to a Google ranking. I was also thinking of affiliate marketing because that is also very much about niche selection, finding the right sub niche, right? Um, and it's pretty much the same when you uh, select a topic on Amazon or let's say select a broader topic and then write a series on that topic. Like the habit niche is a big one. It's doing really well. Uh, but then find sub niches in that habit niche and write books about that. And it's very similar, I guess, in the research to affiliate niches <clears throat> where you also need to find a sub niche that you can rank for yeah that's the uh the the mindset of publish publish and pray in in the how, no. how <laughs> that doesn't work and so everything that you're talking about here is is so spot on to all content creation but i'm so excited about the just drilling in on this this idea of of writing a book in in the Amazon platform. So Amazon really has has created a platform. You just described a story about a, a complete newbie that that uh, David Goliath type Crush situation it. where he took down yeah. a well known author. Well, my, yep, uh, I, and, I forgot the author. I think it was. It doesn't really matter what his name is. But the kid was Chandler Bold, and that's his course also that uh, is now the standard, gold standard course for people who need a little bit more help. That's more one-on-one -on -one training. Uh, but my Bali book, for instance, when it came out, I Beat Out Lonely Planet and Eat, Pray, Love, big bestsellers. And number one above that. So wow. I, I love that screenshot. <laughs> screenshot. I should put it on my website. That was, that was a fun day. <laughs> sure. Um, but again, it's just understanding how the algorithm works. Doesn't mean I will always beat them, but even if you do it for a while, that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. In that niche, in that case, it would have been in Indonesia travel books, probably. Or, you know. But still. Now, I have a question. I've, I have a question about pricing on Amazon because one thing that I've seen is is there's a a lot of variance in what. <laughs> books cost and so there's some kindle versions i see that some of yours are uh 99 cents or i think they even have a couple that are 
Three, yes, right? that's um, well. First of all, the, the average price. If you look at Kindle books, especially how to or nonfiction, most of the time they will be priced around two ninety nine. You probably noticed that, or three ninety nine. The only ones who okay. price much higher than that are well known authors, uh, because that's the expectations customers have now. The, the royalty structure is 70%. You get 70% of those $2.99, let's say. So that's about 2 bucks per book. And if you sell a lot of them, that does add up. Uh, $0.99 cents and anything above $9.99 is only 35% royalty. Uh, now, the reason why most successful authors have perma-free books, like you said, you saw several free ones. I think it's two, actually. Uh, is because they, that's another marketing technique because it draws people in. You know the power of free, of course. So if people don't know you, but they want to start a blog and they see the book is free, they will download it. Technically, it's still a sale, <laughs> but, you know, they will download it for free. You're it, building First of all, that. that. Secondly, I make very good money of the affiliate offers in that book. And thirdly, it's the first part of the series. So if people like the style of that book, they will most likely buy the other books as well, or at least several of them. So that's a marketing technique to draw people in, and then they buy the first book, and if they like it, and oftentimes I see it in the sales, since I have that series, the sales dramatically went up, because then people buy the rest too. And uh, right now I'm keeping sure. them at 99 because it's running on a promo. I may raise it or I may not. Um, because if you sell a lot of books, that's still a lot more in sales um, than if you, if you price it higher. Sometimes... The value book is sometimes at four ninety nine. You also sometimes play around with prices, but here's the cool thing: I also you should always uh, publish a print book as well. Let's create space. That's the print uh, print on demand outfit that Amazon has. Doesn't cost you a thing. You just have to upload the file, and everybody some every time someone buys a book, um, uh, they charge maybe three dollars or whatever the, the printing cost is for that book. They deduct that, and then from the rest you get a certain amount of royalty. And that's pretty nice sum too. So some books like the travel books sell much better in print, for instance. And I make very good money of that. So it is of my interest to have the Kindle book cheaper to draw people in. And then they may decide, oh, I actually want a real book. I want the book in my hands rather than just reading a Kindle book. And so that gives me a lot of print sales as well, which have a higher royalty. So there, there are a lot of things coming into place. But you know the power of free. Um, and that's one very important technique to have at least one perma-free book when you have a series. Otherwise, it makes no sense. Now, the sixth book in the series is this 597 business ideas. You can start from home doing what you love. Now, that's a way, that's a list filler, but it's also a way to affiliate sales, but it's also a way to draw people to my website where I have, um, you know, business blueprints that I recommend and, and things like that. So... These are all marketing tools. There's always a reason why it's low. It's not always the book sector you make the most money with, though you can. But you can use them in all kinds of different ways. There's different strategies on how to do that. And, and then there's also, You're doing then there's also audiobooks, which I haven't even added yet, which people also do, which do really bad. That's amazing. In, in to, to tie back the your ability to do all this is because you have this series because you decided to break down your, all of your knowledge into individual books instead of creating this master guide that covers everything. That, yeah. That would probably Thor be overwhelming. Wants. 
to read. So it'd be, yeah, sure, it'd be that that giant yeah. novel. Yeah, and then you look at that bar at the bottom, you think, oh my gosh, I have ninety eight percent to go, and I already said. <laughs> have you ever had that feeling? Oh, it's never going to end. We like, we yeah, like you... short. This, I think they said short is the new um, black or whatever. What's the, what's the phrase? Uh, orange is the new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think it's you free, got it right Whatever, there, yeah. short is the new long. I think that's the phrase. And in, in, in Kindle book, definitely, even okay. fiction authors say that their novellas sell a lot better than their full-length fiction thrillers or whatever they write, romance. Yeah. They still do the no full length, but uh, they might do one a year or two, and then in the in the meantime, they write just a couple of uh, hundred page or less, um, sixty page novellas, and people love them. Because on an electronic device, you don't really like reading long books. It's just not. It's a different hmm. feeling than having a book in your hand. And the interesting thing, like a blogging book, a lot of people actually like to have that at home. They may buy it initially or download it for free as a Kindle book and then realize, yeah, I actually would like that on my table so I can look at it while I'm doing this uh, rather than switching back and forth in my browser when <laughs> I'm setting this up. Uh, so, you know, there's that. A lot of people prefer to read print books, but it is the price, but it is the price of the Kindle book that draws you in. And if you like the author and, and you know, the sure, free yeah. book has convinced you, then you're more confident to also spend more money because print books cost a lot more. I like the ninety-nine cent version as opposed to the yeah, fifteen dollars version. It, that's totally, I agree. But it depends on the book. Like travel guides, I don't want to read that on a Kindle reader. I prefer to have a book in my hand, right? Yeah. And some books you want to yeah. make notes on. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I, that's that's what I like to do. I, I like yeah, to have the. Yeah, but if you don't know the author, you may hand. not want to spend money initially, right? But the the Kindle True. you kind of take a look, and if it's free, you take it anyway. What the heck? You cannot go wrong. Um, sure. And then you kind of like it, and you think, mm. okay, now that makes sense. I'm going to buy it. Very different, much easier entrance into exactly. sale with, with someone you don't know um, than you know putting a huge price at it. And it's interesting. Um, of course, we all have friends who write books, and sometimes they ask me for advice, or they don't. Sometimes ask me for advice, which is interesting too. Um, and I had this one case. Uh, <laughs> they were super excited. They were publishing some book, and they were convincing me. Uh, me, uh, that two ninety nine was a reduced price. They refused to do it for free. They refused to do ninety nine cents as a launch price, and mind you, like a promo price. No, no, they felt normally we would sell it for nine ninety nine, and uh, but the, the reduced price is two ninety nine. And you know, I, I couldn't convince them. Otherwise, no, is it my job to convince them if they want to do that? Whatever. <laughs> of course, it didn't work um, because. It's it. That's the normal price in most people's minds. When you go on Amazon and you see Kindle books, they're usually around two ninety nine, three ninety nine. Unless it's a famous author, that's usually the price range most books are in. So if you are unknown and you charge nine ninety nine, people will say, "Yeah, good luck with that." You know. Forget it. So two ninety nine sure. is not a promo price. What they should have done is done a big promo for free, and still have the print version, which sells at a regular price. The print version is never free. The print price, print version is always at the full price. But that way, they would have had several thousand people reading their book, probably really liking it because it was a well-written book with a lot of relationships or something. Um, and people would have become clients of theirs because they did relationship coaching, would have booked their courses, which were expensive. You know, that would have been smart rather than trying to squeeze out everything from this book just because they spent a lot of time writing it. Sure. And so be very flexible with the pricing. Don't try to make a killing financially, I mean, <laughs> mm -hmm. with your 
Yeah, and you might actually make, make a lot of money. There's people who make six figures with Kindle publishing. It's possible. They usually have a lot of books too. So it's usually not just one book that does that unless there's exceptions to that rule. And there are a few books um, that sometimes when you raise the price, they sell better. There's one friend of mine, he's uh, forgot what it was, something about productivity, I think, and he raised it to nine ninety nine, and suddenly the book sales went through the roof. This happens. So you just try it out gradually. You just raise the price and see how far you can go. And you play around with it, but if it doesn't, uh, there's other ways to make money. So don't be stuck on, I don't want to give my book for free and certainly not 99 cents. If you sell 100 books at 99 cents versus 10 books at uh, 2.99, I haven't done the math on this here now. <laughs> I'm sort of guessing. But, but you're getting my, my <laughs> point here, right? Uh, you still overall make a bigger yeah. royalty uh, than with a lower price where you sell much more books because it's an easier barrier for people to cross when they don't know you so yeah i mean that's the same anywhere in business i think and but the nice thing is, is the overhead of yeah. this is is, is nothing i mean if you think about it if you wanted to publish a book say 15 years ago You'd have to write the book, and then yes, you'd have okay. to buy what, like ten thousand copies of it, and store them in oh. your garage, and then try to <laughs> yeah, get rid of exactly. them. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I mean, technically, you can do it for free. Uh, I wouldn't recommend that. As I already mentioned, you should spend some money on the cover, but you can do it at like a hundred bucks. Says one company who does it well. That's the lowest I would go. Um, and then the promos, they're not that expensive. Like like thirty bucks for some. Sometimes one is thirteen. Actually, you just add a few up in uh -huh. the right order. I mean, realistically, you you could do this for less than yeah two hundred bucks. Um, I think so, two or three hundred. I don't forget what number I put in the book. It, the other thing you should the other thing you should do um, is have a proofreader and editor. If you don't, there's content editing, like you're writing, and then there's proofreading. You should definitely do proofreading. You will regret it if you don't. We all yeah. have made that mistake at least once. <laughs> you get these one star reviews commenting on your spelling errors. <laughs> Um, and no matter how many times you read it or if all your friends read it, they will still miss stuff. It's just the way it goes. So, you know, that's, that's a good idea to spend a little yeah. bit of money on that just to protect yourself. And it looks more professional. And you don't want it to be messy with, with spelling errors. That's just annoying to read for the most part. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's surprisingly cheap. And uh, Create Space, which is printing, that's basically free. You just have to adjust the cover for print and then you know turn it into a word document that you can upload or you pay someone to do that for that you can use fiverr <laughs> um but uh that's really that's really all it is but you don't have to pay in advance you only they only print a book when someone buys it which is great and if you want author copies you can get them in the print price which is depending on how big the book is it goes by pages so it's maybe two to three bucks maybe mm. a little bit more but it's much less than you would pay uh, if you bought the book on Amazon. So it's it's fantastic what uh, this kind of publishing and Amazon in particular has done for people. And that's why um, the authors who do really well, there's some who, first of all, make six-figure incomes. I think one even makes seven. Uh, just from Kindle publishing. These are usually fiction writers it's because fiction sells a lot more. If you have like a thriller series, for instance, and people like your character then they will buy every book in the series, just like we do with, uh, I don't know, Lee Child or Patricia Cornwell. Those are ha happen to be two of my favorites, but I read every book they write just because we like the character. Um, one of them actually yeah. got an offer from Hollywood to turn that series into 
uh, movies and got a merchandising deal from Amazon. So, you know, and he was a normal guy who just had a normal job and loved to write and just learned how to do the marketing, right? And that's all that is possible. So, and, you know, I have friends who are writers, they're really good writers, but they're so resilient of learning these things and then they hardly sell anything, which is kind of sad. And I'm talking fiction writers right now. So that mindset is sometimes missing. And you read the book. It's not a long read. It's not complicated. No. Yeah, it's a smooth, it's an easy read. It, it's, you know, you start getting into it and then I, I my wheels start turning yeah, and I'm in marketing myself. And so I get the marketing side of things. And when that's the, I, I, under, I understand that component. And, and so when you start speaking this, I'm like, this makes so much sense. This is, this is so easy. Oh my gosh. I, I can, in, in there's just yeah, step by step by it, step. It, and you know, you I, will I'm, pretty I'm much excited. have a bestseller unless you don't do, you know, miss them. Yeah. The sassy steps. Yeah. The beginning one. Sassy way. I love yeah, it. Yeah. Sassy way series. Yeah. <laughs> when you have no food. Yep. Perfect. <clears throat> All right, guys. Well, we're getting close to time. Um, Gundy, if you had one piece of parting advice to our listening audience, what, what yeah, would that be? Yeah, it would be, be the two-part um, advice, uh, starting with get training from people who are really successful in whatever field you are in. Find an entrepreneur who makes a six-figure income or more, whatever you're doing. Usually, they will have a course or they will recommend someone who has a course. Don't spend thousands of dollars on that. That's usually mm-hmm. totally overpriced, especially if you're new. Just keep it under 500 or less. But find someone and, and learn because like just like this little book gave you within two hours such an opening on how to do Kindle publishing, um, it can be a book or it can be a course yeah, or, or a blog. But, but I'm, my point is find someone who's successful at this and follow exactly what they do. Don't try to reinvent the wheel. You can do your own style later when you're, when you're good at this. And the other part connected to that is find a platform where you can connect with an audience and use the power of the internet to draw people in. And that can be Kindle, that can be a YouTube channel, that can be podcasting, what you guys are doing. It could be a blog. Um, one of those that, that resonates with you, learn how to do that, how to market for that platform. For all of these, you know this from podcasting, there's ways on how to do this right. If you learn it, it's not that hard. It's not rocket science. Yeah. Learn from someone who is successful at this, uh, once again, and then market whatever you're doing on that platform and you attract, you have then the power of the internet to drive thousands of people to you who will, who like what you do, you give great advice, uh, do a lot of tutorials or advice and then every once in a while you pitch something but mostly you give a lot of information advice and you become an authority Mm. you become the go-to person for these people and then they will be more than happy to become customers you don't have to convince them anymore and you can stay connected with them too and you're not just sending out marketing emails every week you're actually having a relationship with them where they enjoy hearing from you and they don't mind being pitched to once in a while right wouldn't you agree with the podcasting love it Absolutely. Totally agree. hundred percent. All great, great points. Um, and you're saving everybody yep, money. That too. Which is even better. <laughs> <You're saving laughs> Don't waste your money on those expensive courses. You yeah, can yeah. find quality stuff uh, at, a, at a lower rate. 
All right. Uh, what's the best way for our listeners to get in touch with you? Should they go to your website? Do you have preferred social media sites to uh, to have everybody check out? Yeah, I think the exactly easiest the uh, way initial way is the website. You mentioned Sassy a number of times. Now people actually know why you were saying that. What is he talking about? Now, does he keep talking brand- about the Sassy stuff? I, yeah, just, right? I love the, the domain. The brand name uh, is Sassy Zen Girl. And that's also the name of the website, obviously, sassyzengirl.com. All right, guys. I hope everybody enjoyed our conversation today with Gundy. Loved hearing your story. Uh, As always, we will have our show notes available at neongoldfish.com forward slash podcast. Until next time, this is Justin Ken and the Sassy Zen Girl signing off. Neon Noise Nation, go out and start crushing it. We will see you guys again next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Neon Noise Podcast. Did you enjoy the podcast? If so, please subscribe, share with a friend, or write a review. We want to cover the topics you want to hear. If you have an idea for a topic you'd like Justin and Ken to cover, connect with us on Twitter at Neon Goldfish or through our website at neongoldfish.com.